Hello, I'm really glad you joined us online right now. CIV has a strategy map, and if you go to the places over and over again, you grow. Attending a worship service is the first stop on the map. Serve on a team is the second. Connect in a group or at an event is the third. Plug into a learning environment is the final stop on the map. The way to grow spiritually is you immerse yourself in the church community. On January uh, 14th, we looked at how relating to God involves both private and public disciplines. This relates to attending a worship service and plug into a learning environment places on the map. Learning environments focus on how to live out our faith practically and encourage private disciplines to help you grow. On January 21st, we looked at how developing habits of living in a church community help us grow spiritually. Serving on a team helps you connect with others in the church community. By serving together, you develop camaraderie and begin to deepen relationships. Connecting in groups helps you grow spiritually also. Groups fuel growth in a different way than the worship service. Both kinds of growth are important. Today, we're looking at how establishing these habits give us the resources we need to move forward in the trials of life. And there will be trials for sure. God always uses pivotal circumstances to grow our faith. Sometimes these circumstances are positive, new work opportunities, growing family, more responsibility should turn us toward God and rely on him. But God often uses trouble and pain to grow our faith and foster reliance on him. Pivotal circumstances test our faith, both positive and negative. If we respond to God, we experience blessing. I, I've learned to expect something to show up whenever I set my mind to do something that's important. T-R-O-U-B-L-E. Trouble arrives. Some kind of trouble is bound to arrive when I set myself to do important things. Uh, the fuse of, of trouble is lit when we start trying to do important things, having a good marriage, raising kids, helping them to grow in skills and character, um, dating to find out if it's God's will to marry. Is this the one or should I move on? There is all kinds of pressure in a dating relationship. Relating to God in the right way, leading others to serve God and grow in him 
going to work every day is tough. And attending church on Sunday, you can expect trouble to show up just when you're trying to get to church. Managing personal finances. I worked at GM in the body department uh, in 79. Uh, yeah, I think 79, the year we got married. Um, and I I got laid off. I went from making 1600 a month to 400 a month. And this was God's way of teaching us to live by faith. Even though I know trouble shows up whenever I try to do something important, I'm often surprised that it erupts. It erupts like a volcano at times. Ecclesiastes says, you never know whether love or hate awaits you. And that's the truth. That's what I've found. Over time, I've learned to appreciate what God accomplishes through the trouble, and I've discovered that my outlook on circumstances is crucial. My attitude toward the trouble has a major out. A major impact on the outcomes I experience amid trouble. I've weathered storms of trouble often enough that I know what God produces through the trouble. God wants to grow faith in us. So one of the outcomes of trouble can be maturity if you Decide to cooperate with God. Faith is an attitude that God blesses. It's an angle of approach to the flow of life where we set our mind and heart to do what God wants and trust him with the outcome. That's, in a nutshell, what faith is. So today... I'm talking about choosing an attitude toward circumstances that allows God to make the most of our circumstances for our growth. Some of what God uses are good circumstances, like a new baby, a new job, or a promotion at work, getting married, starting a new school, or a new dating relationship. Many of the circumstances God uses in our lives are not so great. In fact, they are painful and unwanted. This is where the struggle lies. So we're going to look at how to respond to trials in the best way. It helps a congregation. It helps to be in a congregation. And a group of people where they're going through trials with you. That's when you realize you're not crazy. When you have someone who 
can identify with you in your troubles. Hey, to have someone tell you this is normal is a great thing. You may be at a pivotal point in your life today. You are facing tough circumstances, and you know what God wants to change through them. Let's look at what the Bible says God will do if you cooperate with him amid trouble and do it his way. The Bible says that trouble is a test test of faith that can have tremendous value. James, the half-brother of Jesus, led the church in Jerusalem up until his martyrdom close to 30 years after. His martyrdom was close to 30 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. Imagine the pressure of being Jesus' little brother. Uh, A comedian Uh, Comedian Michael Jr. talks about the pressure. He says, James wasn't James Christ. And I I can only imagine the pressure of being Jesus' little brother. Uh, I'm sure the pressure didn't come from Jesus, though. He was totally gracious, and he would have cut James all kinds of slack. But I still, I can't imagine the pressure of being measured against a perfect brother. Anyway, James wrote this letter geared toward Jewish Christians living outside of Palestine. After introducing himself in the letter and greeting the church, uh, he says, Count it all joy, my brothers when you meet various trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James lays out a perspective here toward challenges and trouble, one that isn't common today. Most of us don't throw a party. We don't count it joy when we meet unwanted circumstances. But James gives this surprising advice. advice. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various trials. Count literally means to lead. It means to lead and assess the direction of where something needs to go and take it there. So we need to direct our mind to joy. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. One reason we have joy is because we've experienced that the testing of our faith and what it produces, steadfastness. This isn't a word we use very often, steadfastness. 
Why should we care if we have it? The word is translated patient, perseverance. It means to remain, stay, wait under. We need to wait under the the pressure and work with God, cooperate with him through it, and that's how we get the character. Now, we've all been under pressure in life, and most of us want to get out of the pressure cooker as quick as we can. Giving up or bailing out is the easy way out, and we have a tendency to look for it. Endurance is a lost value today, and if we bail, it doesn't grow in us. God can only finish the work he starts when in us, when we choose to stay under the pressure we're in, building a strong family, growing a business, doing ministry, and developing healthy relationships. There is all kinds of pressure that comes from conflict in relationships. James teaches us that trials come to test our faith, and eventually, if we cooperate with God, he produces something of high value in us, steadfastness. Check out this verse. What is the value of staying steadfastness and staying under pressure? Verse 4, And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Staying under pressure allows at least two things. We see things through the end and test, uh, we see things through the end and we see the fruit of our labor. Those who bail out miss the fruit. God grows character in us through the process. The fruit grows in us. There are many wrong responses that dull the effect of what God wants to do through trouble in us. We need to cooperate with God to make the most of the trouble in our lives. One response that doesn't help us get the most out of trouble is anger. We blow up and sabotage the effort. The anger of man doesn't accomplish the righteousness of God. That's what James says in another passage. A second response is asking why for more than understanding, but to complain. Why me? Why now? Why not this instead of this? Um, really, these questions oftentimes can't be answered. They're, they're a waste of time. We can also resent trouble for the person who caused it. 
we can get bitter at God, or we can turn our bitterness and lack of forgiveness toward others. Over time, if we don't forgive, it hurts us the most. We can easily become wounded and disloyal persons. Wounded people do not get close to others because someone touching them, they might rub up against them, rubbing shoulders. They have open wounds. They, they haven't allowed the wounds to heal. Let God heal your wounds. The promise in verse 4, for those who walk in faith with him, with God, through the trouble, God will make the trouble worthwhile. He will not waste it. He never does. When dealing with trouble, we can start rehearsing all the wrong thoughts. This is such a waste of time and effort and resources. And in a way, it is a waste, but if you turn to God, he won't waste the trouble. When we latch on to these thoughts, we start looking for other solutions, for our own solutions, rather than trusting God. That God knows best. Being in a smaller group helps you check these thoughts. Often, I have been in a group and I am challenged by the attitudes of other Christians facing trials. And it strengthens my faith over time. In addition, I know that someone can identify with me. That's that's how it works. This is the end result of God. what God wants to do through trials. Maturity, completeness, not lacking anything of spiritual value. In the next few verses in James 1, we see God's role and our role in the middle of dealing with life. The truth is, God grows our faith as we look to him amid pivotal circumstances. James 1, 5 through 8, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all men without reproaching, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let's walk through what our response should be when faced with adversity based on these verses. Our role under pressure, ask God for help. If any of you lack, lacks wisdom, let him ask God. The trials come to lead us to rely on God. That's what 1 Corinthians 1, 8, and 9 says. The, the pressure leads us to rely on God himself. If you don't 
rely on God. He leaves you on your own, and and that's a really scary place to be. God is the ultimate gentleman, and he will not force you to live by faith. He doesn't force faith on us. The next thing we should do is have faith that God will provide. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. When I choose faith, I acknowledge that God will not allow me to come to ruin. 1 Corinthians 10.13 No temptation has seized you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide the way of escape so that you can stand up under it. I don't look for the way of escape sometimes, but God provides it every time. I express before God that he is where I place my confidence, not in my circumstances. The analogy of the wave shows the person doesn't put their confidence in God. They're all over the place. They're riding the waves of their circumstances. And circumstances then will determine their happiness. One day they're up. The next day they're down. Ephesians 4.14 says that children are tossed to, to and fro and carried about by the waves, and we need to be stable and grow up. Instead, choosing faith and committing to doing what God wants during troubling times is the key to allowing God to use the trouble for our good. The next we, we should choose to obey, for that person must not suppose that we he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. When we choose to obey when we're under trials, this is a major act of faith. And Hebrews 11.6 says, faith pleases God. And that's the most important thing we need to do. We need to please God. Faith is something we choose instead of second-guessing God or complaining. Instead, we have a faith approach to our troubles, and God works on our behalf when we choose that. God's role as we turn to him in trials is he provides generously. Let him ask faith who gives to generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. 
The wisdom God gives here is an insight into how to trouble, handle the trouble we're facing. As we do face the trouble in faith. We, we may want the whole way out revealed to us, but often he gives us what is needed to take the next step before us. Uh, Psalm 119.105 says, He provides a lamp for our feet. That's, that's the, the, the next step. You, you only have a next step in front of you. As we take the first step, our faith in him and confidence in him grows and we continue to seek him. Our relationship with God grows. He also adds stability as we trust his guidance. A lot that can be learned from the description of the one who doubts. To the one who doubts, the picture is chaotic with no clear direction or what to put their confidence in. A double-minded person is looking at the circumstances. He is double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. A double-minded person asks God, but simultaneously allows advice, other advice that goes against scripture or the current opinion to sway their response to trouble. To the one who trusts God, he will lead them and is active amid the pain and trials. There is stability when you trust God. So our role is to believe God will come through, and God does again and again and again. That's been my experience. In this message series, we've looked at ways God works to grow our faith and help us to develop spiritual maturity. No matter the source of trouble, God uses it to shape who we are, and to speak to us. If we cooperate with him, he won't waste the trouble. He uses it for our good. God uses trouble to develop us in ways we only develop through tough times. As our confidence, we place our confidence in him, he will put Pull us out of the trouble and painful experience. But often he leaves us in it long enough to work and for our good. This is how we lean not on our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own insight, understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. God never wastes the trials in our lives 
of someone committed to following him and who cooperates with him what he's doing right now. Here's some suggested next steps I have for you. Memorize James 1, 2, 3. Uh, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Choose one of the stops on the strategy map to start doing. Circle one of these in your mind. Attend the worship service every week or as when you're in town. Serve on a team. Connect in a group. Plug into a learning environment. All invite someone to church next week for the next series called Parenting Advice. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for the truth you've given us, for the guidance that comes through living out your word and applying it to our lives. I pray that you'd give us the energy to take the next steps that you've laid on our heart today. And I ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.